0: This is Matthew Allison, creator of Kankor on 11 O'Clock
1: Comics.
2: There you go. Surprise! Look at us. us! Yep. Didn't expect to see us on a what's tomorrow? On this day. On this, on this day. On day that you listen. Yes. Yep. Future tense. Back up.
0: <laughs> it's nice to do it multiple times a week. It is. I'm actually really glad we're doing it. It's, uh, it's my vaccine time at work, so I was like, God, it's gonna be nice to talk to the boys tonight. Yeah. It's, great. it's always fun. Yeah, I was on the phone. I was literally minutes before we jumped on. I was on the phone with my CFO. Reading him the right act, so. Wow. Mm.
2: Well, it's only a matter of time until you start yelling at me. So, let's just get it over with. I never yell at you. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Hey everybody. I
0: I side-eye you with memes on the web, but.
2: Hey everybody. (laughs) It's eleven o'clock comics episode eight hundred and thirty-six. Who? I'm Vince B.
1: You are Vince B. Yes. I am David A. Price.
0: Indeed you are, and I'm Inspector Clouseau.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, nice. You're not Clouseau. You, we were just talking about the French. We were. Yes, baguettes and everything. But you are not Inspector Clouseau. You are Jason Wood, everybody, here tonight on this special extra crunchy bonus episode for you. And we have something planned. But before we get there, we have to tell you who made this thing possible. It is our beautiful patrons yeah. patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics one one no apostrophe they give and we give back in return audio videos polls um lots of downloads lots of images uh you get to weigh in on the book of the month and you get to slide yourself under the door of the dedicated Slack channel where we meet each and every day and we talk about, well, everything. So if you would like to be a part of this ever-growing family, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Nicely done. Wow. Springsteen is going to start singing Racing in the Streets. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) that <laughs> man's popularity never ceases to amaze me he's just got fans yeah, yeah all true. over the damn place
0: dude i don't like i know you're not much of a stern, neither of you really stern guys but uh you, you know stern often has long form interviews with celebs right and yeah. um and I guess, and I've listened to Stern for decades, but I I didn't really ever think about the fact because he never really had a long chat with Bruce Springsteen before. And so he finally did, which was a big bucket listing for him. And it was such a big deal that they made a deal on the fly with HBO. So if you go to HBO Max, it's prominently featured as a special, but it was just Howard's show, like the regular radio show on Sirius where he interviewed him, but it went so well that they released it Pretty much unedited on HBO as a special, and that went so well that now HBO wants like them Howard to do that often. But it's like it's but you 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 could have heard a lot if you were listening to his regular radio show. So right. um, now what's funny is I didn't listen to that because I have no love for Springsteen in any way she perform. Yep. So I'm like ah I'm like I have no interest in hearing Springsteen talk for two hours. But uh, good for Howard I know it meant a lot to him. But uh, yeah, so he has his fans, man. I do respect the craft. He is—he's a good songwriter. Oh yeah, listen—it's—it's it's like we always say. I—I I can't ever—I can't credibly say that he's not a Hall of Fame caliber musician. Right. I just—it just doesn't do anything for me.
2: But but like most of the artists from his uh, pocket of music history, they fell off a while ago. Like Bruce is—is is very good up until about Nebraska, and then after that, I just—I would have no use for anything he's done. I—I'm—it—it it could be good. I just don't. I don't hear the same spark that I heard on like say Asbury Park or the river or I think the river's pushing it uh, like the the quote good albums right
0: that's the conundrum of music right I know. musicians is that yeah. um and and I think even probably quite often they continue to either single performers or groups continue to put out really good music but fans don't care as much and i'm definitely guilty of that i yeah i um you know as you know cliff and Justin are shout out to our nc boys they are a massive dave matthews band fans and they always go to their concerts every year and uh and dave just announced uh, dmb just announced a new album and a concert tour and cliff's like hey you know dmb's coming to town or whatever and i said you know i'm bittersweet on that announcement because like i'm always down for a good dave concert like that that can be fun but i'm um, like i i I cringe every time they put out a new album because that's just another set of dilutive songs of where I may not hear what I want to hear if I go to the concert, you know? And like, um, and I think that's true of most musicians, right? Like, right. Most unfair, like the the music they they could be making is still incredible, but you just get, you want to hear the stuff that made you fall in love with them in the first place.
2: Yeah. Uh, The exception to that rule. And, uh, I'm going in with the, uh, admission that yes they are not the same band they started uh but the chili peppers still continue to make compelling music after all this time they're they're not the young software and kids they were initially obviously but they're more mature now and i think the sounds they're making um especially last year they put out two double albums last year yeah and they're both great like well one's better than the other but they're still both great like it's crazy
1: the, uh, I mean, the, the, the Jason's point. I mean, when I think about, or even when you were talking about Springsteen events, it's it's it, it's, it's Aerosmith, pre Geffen, the mm. Columbia years Thank are you. the high water mark. The, the there's um, well, with me with with Metallica, like anything before the Black album, I prefer. Yes, um, because
2: because you have a functioning brain, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and I your mean, ears work. Yeah, <laughs> when I go through, um, when I'm when I'm going through Apple Music or whatever, I'm looking for albums to like make you know some super hot fire mix. Uh, I just I I tend to gravitate towards the older albums of the bands that that I'm enjoying. Whether it's any of the ones I I, I just mentioned, it's so yeah. It's or even and granted, I'm I'm I kind of side with Jason. On the DMB stuff, if I were to ever finally go to a concert, I missed my window to hear "Yeah, Forty Streets and Crash." And I, I just, I wanted to. you know That's the stuff that I enjoyed when when I started listening nice. to Dave and the Gang. So, um, I mean, the new be, stuff is fine. I was going to say, to be fair though, like since
0: Dave is. And DB is for better or for worse like a jam band or at least like I guess you'd call them a touring band. Yeah, it's a jam they, band. they 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 know where the bread is buttered. Like sure, they they still play. You know, at least fifty percent, if not more, of any playlist is going to be the the OG yes. stuff that got you there, right? Because they understand that they want you to keep coming back every year or two to to see them. So like if they get it, but like, <laughs> and I haven't been to a DB concert in quite a few years, but like I remember the last one we d- we went to it was like you know you're like oh yeah nice you know crashing and then like you're like oh. I'm wow, go get a go get a drink. It's like because you're like yeah. I don't really this song doesn't I don't really know the song so do it's like you, you
2: know. Do you have to bring like folding tables when you go to see DMB so you can listen to the concert underneath the table and dream?
1: Oh, that's oh look at you! See?
2: I have an awesome segue, but right. we didn't do the 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 drink roll call yet. Yeah. It would have been a great like segue if we were going right into our theme, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'm drinking. The magic of Sam Adams, I love it. That's all I got. Respect,
0: respect. I'm drinking the magic of uh, Nespresso. (laughs) Respect.
2: You got Sanka in the house, Jason. Oh,
0: (laughs) thanks, Sanka so much. Now I got a nice pint glass full of
1: uh, of of little Nespresso on ice. Ice, yeah. I I, uh, I decided to forego the cube um tonight i am uh sipping on again thanks to arnie driftless glen the uh the straight bourbon whiskey from um it is from baraboo wisconsin
2: nice before we get into our little theme here i just want to remind everyone that that little bomb we dropped last episode with the Matthew Allison, the Kancor, and the Aaron Conley, and the Sabretooth Swordsman, and the Jack the Radio 7-inch comic-infused poster record thingamajig on Crowdfunder. It's live, yo. It is, yeah. So, uh, once again, uh, there's a link that accompanies this episode on our website and other places. Click on that. It'll take you right to the Crowdfunder. Jump in. It's getting hot. Look at, when you see all the stuff that you can get, it's crazy. The arts, well, come on, it's Conley and Allison. The art's are great. The music's wonderful. Two songs per side. Two sides, that's four songs. Woo! Poster. Just get in on it. Um, I'm not going to read the whole, it's a big old, big ass convoluted link. So just go and you can click on it. 11 o'clock comics.com, you can go there. But for many, many years, well, almost the entirety of the music industry's, uh, years they they survived on what what was the bread and butter the single right that little uh easily digestible chunk of musical goodness well we're applying that methodology to this episode because we're gonna do the single issue shuffle again yep here's how it works we each picked a single issue doesn't matter Mid-run, uh end of the run, beginning, it doesn't matter what year, a single issue. Picked it at random almost. And then we shuffle them around. We all read them, and we're all going to comment on them.
0: That's fun. I love it. It is fun. Bite-sized. I love that we're bringing back the single-issue shuffle, because, um, you know, we have had many a feature featurette over the years, and... um <laughs> You know, done in one. <laughs> yeah, done in one. It's Like no, we, meanwhile mean well, but we just forget. Yeah, about
2: no, write. I, I think this one's really fun because it, it is. You know, it doesn't have to. You don't have to. Not a lot of heavy lifting. You don't have to break the bank. You read one issue if you don't like it. If you want to mm-hmm. say, you want to reveal your true thoughts about this issue, mm-hmm. you can do it. And I'm going to go you first. Can do it. Oh, you better. Yes. Who um, you. There, there's a uh, a reason why I picked this because initially I gave. This book a little bit,
0: um yeah. You you, you, you did you, 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 you did
2: who it. Yeah, I gave it a little bit too much of of the sh- what do you call it, Jason? The shade, the shine. I, hey, you I cast I, some shade on it. I I, yeah, I, I threw some shade. some shade at it because um, I will be totally honest. Th- I didn't think the cover to the highly touted "Look at What We're Doing Now" first issue by Chris Burnham was all that. I thought the cover to the first issue i'm just gonna say it i don't think it's anywhere near chris burnham's best work it was it was lackluster but um as the series progressed of which there were five issues and that's what i picked the fifth issue um the cover is very meta on this fifth issue because if you will uh, take the time to look at it the cover features a good old-fashioned spinner rack Mm -hmm. hey kids comics but in this case it's gah kids comics (laughs) unspeakable comics shocking but if you look at the comics that are actually in the spinner rack it's all of burnham's covers to date the first second third fourth this being the fifth what do you do for the fifth will you give the creep the exact cover on which they're appearing so this is an infinity cover as well as um, a meta-textual cover that encompasses all of Burnham's covers on this run. I think this cover is a Grand Slam. I love it. So I I, I slapped him on the first issue. I'm going to give him a big old hug on the fifth. Because this cover's pretty darn near perfect in my estimation. What do you think? You like this cover,
0: gentlemen? Yes. I mean... Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, it's, 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 yeah, it's I mean, it's fine. I, I don't like, I, um, I guess my, my only issue is, is the, the little girl seems a little like generic to me, but, 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 huh? but yeah, the, the layout and the, and the, like you said, the, the idea of having all the other covers, it's not, I, I like the whole meta aspect to it.
2: Hmm i love the raggedy aspect of it like mm-hmm. that tales sure. tales of suspense and horror that's a cheap ass download it for free font that is yep. bargain basement font and mm-hmm. so, so is the font for cheap creep show
1: i think that's probably the one thing i kind of ain't feeling about the covers that the, the Masthead, the creep show the logo is is big it takes up a, it i feel like, a
0: like i could download that stories. on Blambot right now and
2: Oh, you def- No, you definitely yeah, can
1: 100%. download those fonts. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. uh Yeah. I just yeah I, I, I just think the logo is a bit a bit large for my taste, but no, it it's the, the image itself, the spinner rack, the fact that the you got the infinity cover going. Um I I, I do dig it. There's, there's it, it's weird. I it there's obviously with what he's going for. There's a lot of black. It it's just I it does not a lot that that's kind of punched me in the face but it's compared to some other covers that are basically just pinups i i i like the look of this yeah. cover i like I like what burnham's going for uh yeah
2: well um the the racks on the spinner rack are bones like that's cute they are no yeah, there's some yeah.
1: great there's some great touches yep. a ton of webs i, I, I th- love the webs yeah, I it's love just, the, the, well,
2: it's, for me it got, I'll go, that's, it should go back to the, the movie, right? George Romero, yes. creep show, the movie. Um, the movie was a, a, a testament or, uh, an homage to both EC Comics and the, the, uh, like the Grindhouse circuit, the, the exploitation horror Grindhouse movie circuit that, that everybody and their brother was making horror films because at the time they were cheap to make uh practical effects abounded like nobody they didn't really care if it didn't look real they were just cashing in on the horror craze and um this speaks to that where the the masthead is it's it is garbage right but it should be garbage but it has it speaks to the aesthetic of fast and dirty get it out let's move on to the next one the masthead not the image but I, i just think it's it's wonderful all around but, um, so who's responsible for this thing? Well, it is an anthology issue. With it all, the, as like the movie, the entirety of the creepshow comic was an anthology. Uh, this one in particular was written by Steve Orlando and Clay McLeod Chapman, illustrated by Mariana Ignazzi and Anwita Citria. The color art is by Fabian Mascolo and somebody called Jordi Belair. I don't know. Heard, mm-hmm. she, heard she's good. Main cover by Chris Burnham, published by Image Comics. Now, remember, we broke down uh, the original Creepshow comic uh, written by Stephen King, drawn by Bernie Wrightson, way back in episode 676. And we had not one but two guests on that yes. episode phenomenal guests yep uh chris pitzer uh he of At house fame and uh, his then partner in crime matthew allison because at that time pitzer was going to well, well he did publish the kank or hardcover
0: yes, sir. yep
2: so matthew just stuck around to weigh in on the the creep comic which was awesome hmm uh, so here we go
0: well, before you – one question for you because um, wow. we each – the last time we did this, we talked about our uh, our process for picking the issues, and, and um, we gave Dab some grief, uh, as I recall, the last time because we felt like he didn't uh, – it felt like he did, wasn't as random as we thought he should be, as I recall. Maybe I'm misremembering. So then I was interested to see that when you resuggested it, you brought up this because this is a brand spanking new issue. Yes, um yes so have you been it, reading so even though you poo pooed the first issue and the cover have you continued to read Creepshow? show yes okay yeah
2: i just didn't talk about it on the show i was gonna say i, I, I was waiting for an opening to God. come in and say you know what i'm an asshole i was wrong it okay. does it doesn't it's not a bad book uh, and here's why but in it's sort of kind of in my defense I think the fifth issue, they went out with a bang. I think this fifth issue was the strongest of the five. Mm -hmm. Um, Not in terms of, I mean. Oh, is it over? Yeah. The the fifth, this fifth issue was the last. trade Paperback comes out soon, I think March. And they kind of tease the fact that there may be another round. It's Skybound and Greg Nicotero. Both of them are not at a loss for money. So I'm guessing there's going to be another round of Creepshow comics. wonder
0: if they're going to make more Creepshow movies?
2: Dude, there's there's a series on Shudder.
0: Oh, got it. Okay,
2: yeah. Uh, which is uh, like every anthology, a mixed bag. Sometimes it's very good. Sometimes it's like, <clears throat> okay, Moving on, moving on. But mm. that's the chance, the chances you take. Did you know? Uh, I, I've this first uh, story, the uh, Thirst Trap this mariana ignazi i i'm looking at the art and i'm like i've seen this work before mm-hmm. she worked with dan panosian on the unkindness uh, of uh, ravens yes, yes. over yes. at boom yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's and like, i
0: think she looks a lot like like to me she looks a lot like david lapham oh she for real
2: for me. real yes. yeah. yeah for yeah. real um let's be honest she doesn't have the chops of of david lakeham but she's
0: no but i mean the line i just think yeah. it's it's i don't know if she's a fan of his work but i mean I, when i'm a lot of these panels i thought oh i if you told me lap him through this i wouldn't i wouldn't have exactly thought
2: right yeah um so thirst trap this is the steve orlando story um drawn by mariana Ignazzi, color art by fabiana mascolo it's it uh, caveat neither of these stories is going to reinvent the horror wheel (laughs) right right. (laughs) they're very simple stories but the joy in this issue is the visceral gut reaction one receives from panels in particular and we'll get there um the first one just blocked thirst trap It uh, concerns a vain young man named Parker, and he makes a deal with the Infernal. Uh, He receives a magic phone that will grant the illusion of immortality, but, uh, well, or at least an extended youthful appearance. On the surface, he's going to look like a young stud, uh, but that's not the, the, the truth. The truth is he's pretty old uh but if he continues to feed this beast this this demon that um it's kind of like a ryuk from um death note he can see the demon but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. seem like anybody else can uh you got to keep the demon fed or the beast fed so sacrifices must be made Right. All his friends hate him. They're like, how do you do it? How do you, why are you so, so young and, and, and fit? And, and because he, he makes up reasons, but the reasons because he's got this deal going on with forces of darkness. But anyway, so one, one night he hooks up with a guy named Ted. Right. Uh, drunken sex follows. And, uh, Parker wakes to find his magic phone is gone. Uh oh. Ted. Took the wrong phone. Uh, So Parker, who is rapidly returning to his real age and and appearance.
0: Like with the quickness. Yeah, it's very quick.
2: Uh, He traces the phone back to Ted and confronts the youth, who has no idea the fossil at his door (laughs) is the same. You lone old man. Yeah, is the same man he slept with the night before. Uh, And this is where the story, I think, excels uh heretofore it i mean the tension was building there's a couple of nice panels where you see uh the beast is is just lurking over parker's shoulder or it appears in the mirror as he's like adjusting himself or you know preening um but the beast has its teeth sunk into parker almost the whole time like the, the parker's demise is inevitable and you get that right from the get-go like it's not gonna turn out good for this man uh so he goes to the door and the ted is just like nah i don't know who you are man you you may be the, the grandfather of someone that <laughs> i had time <laughs> with but i i would never let you you're not gonna make past you know the door and so the beast just extracts his uh well probably more than a pound of flesh. But the page that features the demon removing Parker from this world, I think it's gorgeous. And it's very simple. It's, there, you know, it's there's not a lot of uh, extraneous lines. It's all matter of fact. Uh, I love that page, where the the and the the demon the, the crunch block. Yes, the beast's teeth turn red. It somehow rips its art the parker's arm off and his legs break and his jaw and the yes and the bones the he bones and the bones aren't even right like who cares i, yeah, I don't yeah. care that the bones aren't right um that those two panels i'll even go for the bottom one because he's still alive in the bottom and the the beast is like, like on all fours over him just sucking stuff out of him but he smells he smells something on the other side of the door. And what's on the other side of the door? Ted. Ted has Parker's phone. So now Ted takes a photo of himself, a selfie with the phone, and the cycle repeats.
0: It's a great story. off the groin dimples, too.
2: Yeah, that's my son, right? Doing that.
0: That's Vinny. Vinny Beats, yeah.
2: Yeah. But I just think this story was really great. Uh, very simple uh very matter of fact to the point but the 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 lightning bolt that just strikes you in the crotch when the beast just sinks its teeth into good old parker he's like an old man he's got no hair he's got like um uh, the gilligan's island like like the the skipper he's got this little white hair going on around him it's great it's a wonderful story but it is not the best of the two
0: Agreed, agree. I'm glad you said that. Cause not I, the best. I, I thought the I really enjoyed the art in this first story. Um, like you said, this this story plot is very basic. It's and, thin. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm I'm I admit I probably am carrying some some like Steve Orlando is rough for me. I, I he's done. A lot, I hear that a lot. A lot, of a lot I haven't but... enjoyed. So yeah. Um, he was almost lost surprised me. Surprised at this, uh, but I because I was like okay. And that's because basically it was a short story. He didn't have a chance to, right. to cock things up. So uh,
2: I almost parted ways with this story. Because the second panel, if you look at it, features a pentagram. An absolutely useless pentagram. What is the function of that pentagram?
0: Why are you it's, blaming him and not the artist? Well, that's
2: what I mean. It's it's definitely the it's it's definitely the artist. Mm-hmm. That is the most useless pentagram. Number one, it's not a protective circle, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's outside of it. He yeah. Parker's outside of it. The demon is halfway in, halfway out. Right, the, so it's not. Tapped, so it's it's not just a bait. It's just like, does he have a pentagram design on his rug? <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense, don't it's, we all? Well, I do, but it's functional. Like I use it yeah. for. But this is just—it's somebody, the the artist said, "I'm going to make this satanic," so I'm going to put this pentagram on the on the floor. But it serves no infernal purpose. It's just the absolute useless pentagram. But anyway, yeah. I'm probably one of the only ones that actually looked at that and said That's, <laughs> that that pentagram is not working, son. Right. So you, you know, um. The second story, it's called Husk. Yeah, wow. Um, it, it centers on the Harvesty family. Uh, good old southern bloodline. What a uh, clever name. Harvesty? I mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, it's no, silly, right? It's just yeah. totally silly. Um, they have a daughter, young Sally. And she's being taught the, the ways of propriety. and would taught. Yeah, by her mom. See, Sally's unveiling is on the horizon, but the girl, is she's just not cut out for it. She she can't seem to get her needle in the groove, so to speak. The curtsy is tough for her. I don't blame her because the dresses, the shoes, especially the shoes. Uh, so she retreats to the safety of her bedroom. She flings off these high heels. She's like, ah, she's frustrated. And so she, she looks at her foot and she notices, whoa, she's got a big-ass sore on her big toe this red and black and crusty spreading it's got like a web web like tendrils that's just oozing down the side of her toe um it has this big red wet chewy liquid center and it looks necrotic really so she she pops the blister like bulge and she pulls out what looks like a thorn that sequence is awesome like it is cringeworthy to see the the finger going in, and the th- my wrong?
1: Like, did you guys no, not... She's not? She's not pulling out a thorn; she's pulling the skin back. It looks That's like a skin. thorn to me. Doesn't she's it? Been she's 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 pulling away because you got the 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 tear from the sore. Yeah, it's going down the it's. Oh, all right. Well, it looks, that, that looks like one piece of
2: skin. She's pulling something nasty. But it's out gross of
1: it. as fuck. Yeah, it is. It's, it's gross. It's, it's she a got. It's she a got, got
2: postural. It's gross. Yeah, she got thumb toes, like big yes. ass thumb toes, and uh, it is. I love it because again, that that I've never seen in at least in comic book form. A sequence exactly like this where somebody squeezes this big bloody pustulant thing Oof. and then just pulls you know Oof. something out of it it's great it is so great it should be don't do you not remember the roach sequence in creep yeah
1: yeah
2: right yeah. this is yeah. this is that that's tingly Oh, uh, so just like Scream like vincent price is telling you to scream or castle mm-hmm. is telling you to scream but anyway so um where was I? Oh yes. But I
1: need to, but but it's I, I, I appreciate how uh cinematic this story is because were this a film, or were this a live action story you were watching play out, uh you would go from her peeling back this Wart Gone Wrong to an open grapefruit. Yes, in the next scene,
2: it's beautiful. That's what yeah. uh, the, it, it's. It's bookends. She's got. The, I mean, the, it's reinforcing the circle. The circle on that oozing. See, if if I was the director of this, I would have zoomed in more on yes. that on that thing, and I would have taken a little trip inside the the busted out thing on her foot,
1: and, and then get inside the grapefruit. And yes, and, to and the t- breakfast right, table. Right, yeah.
2: exactly. So, um, Sally's she's going through changes. You know, she's 17, uh, her mind and her body. So she makes her feelings known to her parents. Here's the deal. Sally's parents couldn't have children. So they hoped and they prayed and and, and they petitioned this thing in the woods. Uh, And it magically granted them a boon, a baby girl. Could be a witch, uh, could be something uh, in disguise as a witch, um, let's just say again, it, they made a pact, as did Parker. So there's thematically these two stories, uh, they're they're copacetic, right? Um, but she's a seventeen year old slow fuse that um, explodes the night of her unveiling. Uh, again, not a very complex story, but on the night of her coming out she literally comes out she transforms into a half human half cicada thing and proceeds to rip the fuck out of everyone in attendance friends suitors parents doesn't matter they're all dead and the last panel uh well before the the the, i shouldn't say the last panel the the page before the last page where she's about to bite down on on mom's head that's gorgeous that panel's gorgeous do you not get a junji ito vibe out of that dude oh, throughout yeah. the
1: whole story yeah the whole yeah. story is like an american manga it's it, it's
0: i mean the art is so i mean i agree the the things like the eyeball and stuff definitely remind me of ito but the art is um we are seeing you know remember when when james heron blew up it's like suddenly there were oh for real that were yeah. you know we're like oh james heron guys like we're seeing that right now with Werther De Dera, uh, who is not a young man. He's he's in his I think mid to late forties, if not older. But but you know Werther is the one of the it it creators of the moment because of you know something's killing the children, and uh, James Tynan you know seemingly just can't do wrong, and he's got this whole stable of 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 books, and all of the there's a bunch of these 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 artists that are coming out now, primarily Italian artists who are clearly of the same school. Um. Either, either, coincidentally, because editors are looking for that style, or because they're just you know fans or 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 love Werther's work from he's been making comics in Italy forever. Um, but but like like Kitsia is one that's blowing up now, and and I think she looks just like Werther. And this this is like the the, the big eyeballs, the 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 line, the, like the really thin line, the lift figure, like it is. If if you just showed a panel to someone and said worth a drop drew this, people are like, oh yeah. So like she is definitely of that school. I mean for sure.
2: Well, FYI um on Citria is Indonesian. Cool. Yeah. Gorgeous. Absolutely but and if you look beautiful
0: art, yeah, I love it. Oh my god.
2: Look at the um the detail in the old house on the, the first mm-hmm. panel and mm-hmm. the, the you get those Weeping willows, the, the drippy trees that you find down south, the, the, the interior of, I mean, not only the dining room, I love that, but the interior of this, this ballroom is ridiculous. And you don't really even see all that much of it. Like she sets the space beautifully. Uh, I don't care if it's, uh, computer augmented. I can't tell if it is. <laughs> Uh, b- but whatever uh and on the last page too it may be, like the the hatching in the background looks like manga studio to me sure that, yeah, you know, probably but, so. but yeah. so what i don't care it she's still drawing and she's ripping the the guts out of her mom in that last panel i love it
0: the uh, cicada design the cicada creature design is awesome i, I think it's creepy true, as leg. hell it's yep. legit scary it's really well done yeah
1: yeah it is very with the eyes on top of the head on the side. Mm-hmm. It's, and, yeah, but this
2: proves eyes. proves um, what I've always said: you could have a lackluster horror story, like the bones, the the scaffolding of the of the story doesn't have to be all that great, as long right. as you have a sequence like this that yeah. will dig itself into the brains of your viewers, and it's never ever never going to leave. Right? Yep. Day yep. of the Dead's not a great movie but to see i say this all the time because it, the, the scene has impact like to see them pull apart joe Pilato and him screaming joe gone like that's a great scene and, and it made a i'll be honest a somewhat boring movie almost legendary it's not dawn of the dead but it's it's good enough where you know you 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 know it's not bruiser you're not going to say walk out of it and say this movie sucks and i'm keeping it in the romero uh au just you know for the sake because that's where creep show comes from all you need is that one little sting and it boom disproves it and i loved this issue so burnham i'm sorry i know your head's big enough as it is but uh i think you did a great job on this cover and skybound image and everybody responsible you didn't shit the bed with Creepshow, show sorry
0: now there's a pull quote for you yeah there you
2: go yeah no i i really enjoyed it i enjoyed it very much to the point where i'm sorry that i didn't buy them in singles at least not physically so i'm going to get the, the trade paper back and keep reading it in that format
0: nice yeah yeah, I, I definitely – that's the beauty of this single-issue spotlight and why we should keep doing it. I, I would not have read this issue. Like, there's no chance I would have read it. Same. So uh, – and and I – when I saw you pick it, I'm like, oh. Because just because I remember I, – <laughs> I, you know, I figured if anyone was going to, like, Creepshow, it would be you. And I remember you having not such great things to say. So I'm like, this is interesting. But, yeah, no, I'm, I was very pleasantly surprised, so.
2: Nice. Excellent. Then um, my efforts were – they bore fruit, And and, and I know, I know you, uh, you yelled at me going in because I spilled the beans on the bonus content, but I'll say it right now. Um, my surprise escalated because I'll be honest, I read Dap's pick before yours and I was like, ugh, Johnny Quest. I know. But I've, I, it was very good. It was surprisingly good. Let's just get into it, and then we'll okay. we'll, we'll
1: see what happens. Let's do it. Yeah. So I decided um, to give you guys the issue that we didn't discuss last time when uh, I gave us the N agents. Um, because I had both of them in my hand. Uh, don't know why I went with this, Probably because of George's recent passing and the whole Titans thing with the, with the Recombat. Anyway, um, this is Johnny Quest. Published by Komiko. Cover date, November 1986. And I was buying Johnny Quest off the rack um, for the first maybe year or so. Because the first first bunch of issues were um, primarily written by William Messner Loeb's, but almost every issue was done by a different artist. And uh, there were two Johnny Quest issues I had in mind. Um, one is by Ken Stacy, which is pretty neat. It's 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 a nifty story, but it's not really... Um, it's kind of like a what-if. That really doesn't give you the feel that, that, that maybe the cartoon or, or uh, anybody familiar with Johnny Quest and the cast of characters. Um, I wanted to stick with a story that was in that. In that milieu. So um, this particular story is called The Philosopher's Stone, and it is drawn, colored, lettered, all by Adam Hubert. Um, and it is, I think, some of Adam's best work. And just, in my opinion, because of the the expressions on the characters' faces, the different different camera angles for the page layouts, just the 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 sense of um, the, the the mission that everybody's on and what we're after, and 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 just how it, it things get to be a little heightened. And uh, I just think that overall, it was it was a pretty.
2: Adam's well, hungry. He's hungry here. Oh, here, absolutely. Yeah, yeah he's yes, because
0: really hungry. It's,
1: don't forget, it's it's eighty six. So like. Before this,
0: less than two years after he graduated college,
1: right, or the Hubert School, but yeah, it, it's well, which is it's, college, yeah, right. Um, but can you imagine having Joe Hubert as your father? Uh, and then teaching... like not just as your father, like you come home, you're like, yeah, oh, yeah look what I drew, but like you're you're going mm-hmm. to school at his school, right? Where you're going to learn to do what he did, and it's you know, it's 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 daunting. How,
2: how do you walk into an editor's office? Well, I'm sure Daddy greased the wheels, right? He he probably set them both up with a lot of jobs or opportunities, as he should. He's her father, but to walk into an editor's office and and, and show your work, knowing full well that you're Joe Kubert's son, mm-hmm. that must be terrifying. You gotta be. They're, they're, that's a huge sword hanging over your head.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And and I will say, before we get into the story, Dab, I'm so glad you, you let it off that way, because um, when I saw it was from Adam Kubert, I thought, this would be interesting. And then I read the little intro where he talks about, you know, sort of being fresh off the, you know, fresh into the game, so to speak. And then I'm reading it, and I had to go and double-check the credits, because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm like, first of all, this is Adam Kubert, and then I'm like, and he did the whole thing? I'm like, holy shit. To your point, I... I am gobsmacked at 1986 Adam Kubert and <laughs> wonder why this isn't the Adam Kubert we've gotten for the last 30 years. Because, uh-huh. you know, I mean, listen, and I'm not throwing shade. I mean, we talked about, we, you, well, a year or two ago and we were riffing on Wolverine comics. I mean, listen, Adam Kubert has done some comics that are, you know, all-time favorites for me. Um, he has never personally been a favorite artist of mine, but I cannot deny that his... the. He is an artist, however, because he's been so ubiquitous, especially with the mutant world. I, when I hear the name, I immediately am flooded with a, with a set of images that I hold synonymous with him. Like, I would feel like if you gave me pages and said, which ones it Adam Kubert I would be able to tell you pretty easily. So I am just floored by this uh-huh. issue because I would never in a trillion years have guessed that this was Adam Kubert and like you said this was 86 he was not even two years in out of college I like this better than the Adam Kubert that's arguably like I mean look dude is like I mean he's he's as big as they come right I mean yes I mean he's not like like, yeah like dude dude, you know five ten thousand dollar commissions like dude is not hurting I mean he's been had an amazing career but I would have taken this Adam Hubert for the like I with with he would be a favorite of mine. I would love this. And so I am like it's almost bittersweet to read this because I'm like, what happened? Like, what happened? Because <laughs> this is so organic. It's yeah. so and it's, it's so much freer. Like he's he's having so much more. He's. It's it's it doesn't feel like he's feeling. Like, and why would he be? He's what twenty three, twenty four when he made this. He doesn't. It doesn't seem like he feels like he's trapped into a style of like. Well, this is what I'm supposed to draw like. Like it's just him drawing what's what the script says to draw, and and having fun with it. And it's like, how am I going to do this? How am I do this? And it's like, it's just there's a there's a freedom to it that is so welcome and unexpected. And I I just I he lost it at some point in his career. I don't know when, but. <laughs>
2: Yeah. You and could that see deadline. some of Dad in here. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. It it I, I agree with you that it is loose and it it it's very free, but if you look at the layouts, a lot of them are I mean, some of these pages are very complex.
1: Oh, the 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 middle panel Oh, I don't mean free like like like
0: like simple. They're not simple at all. I just no. mean like and the and the the, the mechanical renderings of the of the yeah. jet fighter which is obviously built off the stealth bomber which was very like a hot topic of the in in the 80s and 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 then the 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 you know the helicarrier thing that like they're all extremely detailed and the well robot guys and, really yeah, well like like well, it, yeah. it is very technically it, it is not like loosey-goosey by any means it's just that there's a freedom to it like you just i don't know it's just it's it's just beautiful stuff yeah
1: friggin'
2: wraparound cover
1: what that's so i mean it even it it starts with the cover because you just you've got you've got this explosion going off to one side but i mean i've always been for whatever reason every time i look at this cover i'm drawn to quigley's right hand mitten because it's just because of the explosion because of the wind yeah everything's being pushed to the right so you have his hair you have his scarf but then you also have his mittens you have johnny just bouncing out of the plane yep. yelling for this man to come back dad's in the back worried about everybody shut the that's fuck just down the, <laughs> that's just, and that's the front cover but when you when, when you look at the when, when you look at the wraparound cover then you've got zin's mechanical yeah. warriors coming after him so it's like you can just look at that one image because that's that makes you want to know what the hell's going on inside. But then you get the wraparound cover. You're like, Holy crap. You get the rest of the plane. you get all these, it's, it's a great cover. I absolutely love the cover. And it, it, it picks up after the previous issue where, uh, where, where this philosopher stone was, uh, was obtained by, uh, by Jezebel Jade. Um, and so Johnny and, and Haji are, are, are with dad at, at the laboratory watching them work. But, um, but there's Quigley and Stark who are kind of uh in charge of of this particular project and uh and Stark is the usual um munitions kind of guy where he's just you know it it's it's his way and and he's he's kind of just stern and and Quigley's just the, the guy who you know the, the sniveling hypochondriac just the guy you're always worried about because he's like some nebbishy dude who's just always always worried about something um but dr quest is um is going to get to the bottom of this and and uh use whatever methods he can to figure out what the hell makes make this stone tick and um and experiments go as experiments go and what's left is this uh this this little um even smaller than, than than the stone it's almost like a uh it's like half the size of a thumb drive for today's vernacular but um it's actually um magnetized and it's pretty much a compass so now we're going off on an adventure and as uh and again, I just I I I keep looking at some of the panels and like they're just there there are hands in front of Quentin Quest's face. Like it's just it's it's an odd look, but because of the way Kubert's got the camera angles going, it just it it works. It it was very when I reread this yesterday, it it just it brought me back to the mid eighties when I read it originally and and how not distracting I was, but just how um it's one of the reasons why I think I kept sending in for the Cuban School catalogs just because okay, I, I like what I see
2: here. How
1: can I do this? Yeah. So I think it's um, pretty
2: funny where they're just like, yo, Haji,
1: levitate this thing. Levitate this thing. <laughs> okay. Make yourself useful. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> so they have to uh so 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 this talisman, this this little compass, uh they're um they're going to get to the bottom of it, but what they also have to do it before, um, Dr. Zinn can, uh, figure out what its purpose was. So, so they have, there's, there's a bit of, uh, it's a little imperative that they get this, they get to whatever's supposed to be revealed before, um, before Zinn. And what's great though is, uh, on their way to the, um, to the jet so they can head toward, uh, head to the pole, um, one of Zinn's mechanical, uh, bodyguards is, uh, flying a jet pack over them and skywriting. And it's says, quest, stay home or die. And he signs it, Zinn, because, you know, you want to make sure everybody knows who the message is, and who is from. And, uh... Beautiful watercolor, It really is, man. That yeah. that, that Bro, can, can
0: we just pause for a second, though? Because I had to, like... <laughs> fucking skywriting dude <laughs> like was that like, is that like
2: the equivalent of the whale to you now skywriting and
0: no it's like it's so silly but like it works in the context of oh no it works of, great it didn't yeah. bother me at all but i thought he's fucking skywriting them a warning like weren't there easier ways for a fucking super evil creep like like villain but, to like why, to, could, to send why a warning could this show?
1: thing land and he, like
0: say no. it like, it's just no, but it's, it's he so, likes
2: to make a scene,
0: right? Yes. Oh, he's I definitely. know. No, I like. I said, I, I, I it tickled me to no end, but I thought, holy shit, he's skywriting. Like, yeah, that's such an eighties thing, right? Like, but
2: the, now if I was Stark, right, I'd be like, you set this whole thing up. This is the reason why we're going on this trip. You just set this whole thing up because <laughs> because he uses the the fact that the the um, the skywriting has taken place as the impetus to go on the mission. Right.
1: Yeah. So, if it never
2: happened, they wouldn't. Ne- they would have never gone. So it's just it's like it's a coincidence, but it's not. But it could be construed as one very easily. I just think it it was cool. Yeah.
1: And because uh, because of what potentially could be found, yeah. um The uh, there's a whole. Um, now Stark has a reason to want to join this little uh expedition because it will benefit him in some way he is he is not altruistic in any way shape or form but um they're uh and and all throughout this time stark is very leery he's he's uh he does not trust jade at all and jade depending on you know where you're from or who you're friends with um Jade could be somebody that you're not going to uh, to want to be friends with. one of my favorite moments was earlier in the issue, where Doctor Quest knock is first. asking where races, race, is. Bro, race, knock race, first. and Jade ba- And he's like, he's like, why would? <laughs> it's like a son, and he does. He actually says, "Son, please not before you I was just like, "Holy crap, that's They're great!" And he's like,
0: "Fucking in there, like, I can't believe it. I wanted to see it. I wanted to see the fucking."
2: <laughs> you're not right dude. my man Reese
0: is banging it out oh hell yeah That's okay, girl if this now. was a
2: rocketeer maybe but it's not it's johnny quest nobody's it's fucking nobody, nobody, nobody's dude, they're definitely out. fucking out. oh they, <laughs> they are but what happens with behind closed doors ain't right. happening <laughs>
1: no doubt no doubt so they uh yeah Quigley is is allergic to dogs. Bandit's just happy to be around people, and and yeah, you know, Quigley's like he's worried about his sinuses and this that and the other, and he's breaking out in hives. He's going to vomit, and he's just he's in he's on this it's on this plane, and he's just like he he's not living his best life at all. Um, but while they're on their way to uh, one of the stops so they can refuel before they get to the pole, um, we get uh, we get some of uh, Zinn's robot mercenaries uh attacking the attacking this plane our heroes are able um to escape actually um the uh using some of their shortwave radios and radar jamming capabilities they're able to uh to to cause some of them to crash into each other explode they uh They make their way to refuel. And um, again, the bandit wants to uh, have some fun with Quigley. Quigley ain't having it. He's super concerned about this dog all around him. uh, There's some conversations between Stark and Race about Jade. Um, Zinn. Makes another appearance, letting him know that uh, that because you've that you, Doctor Quest, have ignored my previous warnings, um, you really, really shouldn't ignore this one. So, so uh, you really should turn around and and head home. Otherwise, uh, your uh, your fate is sealed. And um, and and Stark is actually a little um, he 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 respects. Zin and uh his uh his fortitude to to go after something and and not stop until he gets it um even though he's obsessed with power and and stark which will come back to bite him in the ass says it's better to be obsessed with power than to be afraid of it and um our heroes take off again heading to uh their destination and uh Jade is able to do some flying staying above the clouds to uh, to avoid being detected. Unfortunately, they exit the clouds above the clouds right next to uh, Zin's ship, which is kind of like a a mutated helicarrier. And it's just Zin and uh, and his lackey Smee notice the plane flying by so then uh, sends off a, a like a sonic cannon that's just blast the plane the people inside the 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 passengers quest and company they are just they're they're besides themselves they can't see they can't hear they can't think um however um the uh jade flies through the um uh down by the control center of the plane knocks out the uh the cannons and they're able to uh, continue on their, um, their journey, get to the, uh, get to the magnetic pole and uh, they're watching the item that uh, basically the compass, which now kind of turns into this little, little jewel, kind of like the size of a raspberry. And uh, they're trying to figure out what, to do with it because they they uh quest believes it contains the complete knowledge of the lost culture that uh, that created this little thing um and questions are asked some are answered quigley's investigating the uh little gem and um while uh while Zin, zin's ship is approaching Quigley just decides to flick the jewel into the air and swallow it. And Quest, Doctor Quest, is a little, little dumbfounded, and 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 Stark's face is just—he ain't happy at all. But Quigley's like, you know, this was this was the only way. This was simple. This was elegant. The bioelectric process of the body will decode the information, and all of a sudden, my man's face just—he stops talking. His eyes go wide. He's got this immense grin on his face he's like he's going into a coma um so Zinn makes his announcement says you know let me have what i came for or you'll all be destroyed um the robots come swooping down to attack but um but somehow they uh they're they're just um Quigley is able to uh, to destroy them all just by visualizing it, using maths and 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 science, and uh, he's he's able to just completely do away with uh, with Zen Sonic Cannons and basically single handedly saves the day. Um, they then leave the snow area to uh, to get to Washington D.C. Uh, Quigley is being monitored and observed. Um, there are some, some questions to be had. And uh, now the military police have arrived and the government has questions that they want answered. Um, Quest yells to uh, Quigley to uh, save himself. They're going to arrest you. Uh, they have guns. And uh, Quigley's like, yeah, they they're not even armed. And he basically just wishes the guns away and then quigley wishes himself away he's like he's he's always wanted to uh change the world and he figures now he finally has the ability to uh to make a difference so he he says goodbye to his friends disappears um stark now is screaming his full head off screaming at, at at quest telling him that you know it's because of you he's escaped he's, he'll destroy us all he's obsessed with power and Quentin, of course, reminds him that uh, it's better to be obsessed by power than to be frightened by it. Isn't that what you said? So um, Johnny is happy that uh, that Quigley got to escape. Asked that if um, he thinks he's dangerous, and um, Doctor Quest is just basically like, "Listen, you gotta have faith, Johnny. It, it's um, it's there's there could be a concern, there could be a worry, but somebody like Quigley." isn't um doesn't seem the type to uh to want to harm mankind in the last panel the last page uh is very reminds me of something that that eisner would do but it is it's, it's
2: i'm glad you said that it's exactly what i thought <laughs>
1: yeah it's just it's it's quigley smiling strolling down the sidewalk probably um somewhere around new york city but um uh not too far away, actually, from where he was, so i'm I'm guessing this is supposed to be Washington, but you see um you you see quest continues to talk in the background but uh but but there's a couple of people on their um on their stoop there's uh there's a dog being pulled by its owner there's there's a couple of guys, one dude's eating a sandwich and and it's just yeah it, it's it's a great panel um with our with our credits page where William mister lobes is your writer. And Adam Hubert does art, letters, and colors. And Matt Wagner's sister-in-law, Diana Schutz, is your editor for this issue. And that was uh, Johnny Quest number six. Yeah, I thought
2: it was really cool that the the uh, Fabled Philosopher's Stone actually turned uh, the lead that was Quigley into gold at the end. That was it yes. was real. And, and he has he had zero initiative the entire the majority of the issue then all of a sudden he just eats this thing like out of Mm -hmm. nowhere he just gets the yeah i'm gonna eat this thing like where how well where did you get the idea to do that and
1: basically sacrificing himself because if 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 it was to protect or save dr quest and his family and Zinn was just going to be like well you ate the treasure, then he would have he would have taken quickly and and tried to dissect quickly. So it was, it was it was a selfless yeah. act. Even though, I mean, yes, it was. He, he is inquisitive and 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 wants to know more. Wants to to make a difference. But it, it really it could freaking have run annoying, it
2: though. Really annoying for the the whole issue, with his his allergies and his freaking <laughs> noses <laughs> dripping all the time, and he's complaining about everything. It's like, dude, enjoy the trip. Can't. That's it. I can't. Can't, I can't, can't, enjoy it. It. can't, can't have it. it.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, I, I, I've heard you speak lovingly about Kamiko and Johnny Quest over the years, and um, you know, I never was taken by the cartoon. Uh, mm-hmm. I just so I was never like. I mean, I've I, I assumed it was a good comic because you and many others have, have 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 sung its praises. But I'm like, ah, eh, I just don't like the characters. Don't just don't do much for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like like kind of Vince said, I, I. When I saw the issue, I'm like, "Oh, I don't know about this." But then I'm like, "No, but I, I loved every bit of it." Like, into yeah. the point where I'm like, "Oh, I, I would love to." I, I don't know if there's a, I don't think there is, but if there was a nice Kamiko hardcover or you know reprinting all this stuff, I would, I, I would love to read more of it because I, 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 thought it was quite entertaining.
2: You got to get the singles, my friend. Yeah.
0: Don't fuck with Don't fucks with the singles, bro. I know. I know. Well, maybe I mean plus two, Plus, too, like, I love the Philosopher's Stone as a concept. Yes. Like, just in general. Um. So, like, that was a win. And, and, you know, in effect, I mean, because of the nebbishy nature of him, he, he's pretty much Molecule Man, right? I mean, I was just,
2: damn it, you guys are yeah. getting in my pants to say this. Yeah. Nice. Nice. yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah.
0: So. <sighs> very I'm good. I'm here for it. Yeah.
2: It was very, I, I was pleasantly surprised. But as I said, um, not, not too surprised because I knew uh, when you buy a komiko book, it's going to be solid. No matter what the, ter- the, the series is, Kamiko didn't put out garbage.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: mm-hmm. So yeah, th- I think the real surprise was your pick.
0: Well, and and I let me let me posit by I think I was the one that 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 legitimately treated this like a random thing. I, um, I was having a chat with uh, Beth and the kids recently. We were just talking about. Nostalgia, and you know, just just because my, my two oldest sons were remarking about how they can already kind of get the sense that they can understand the point we we've made over the years about how the stuff they're loving right now, and in the next couple of years of their lives, is probably going to be the stuff they love forever the the most, right? Like that's just the nature of of experiences, right? Whether it's what you read or you what you're listening to, it's 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 likely going to be some of, if not your all time favorite stuff, no matter how much older you get, and they're kind of at that point. And they were asking us, like, about stuff that we were vibing on. We were young and, and 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 that kind of thing. And we were just talking about all kinds of things, you know. And then we started talking about things that we dug but, like, didn't stick with us because maybe, like, they fell out of the cultural zeitgeist or whatever. And um, and I – just during the conversation, I, I was like, you know, I loved the Pink Panther. And they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, they knew who they – but they were like I, – I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know, there, there were some great – films the action films featuring this link detective by Peter Sellers you know and I love those movies and uh you know and, and there were these these intro animations of this this li- li- literal pink panther and then in you know, kid they created a cartoon of it uh, and it was it was it was actually a little before my time you know I looked it up it it started in the late 60s and then but it did last until the the till 1980 uh, on Saturday morning cartoons, and, and so that's likely where I saw it. But, I mean, I was born in 74, so I was very young when these cartoons were, were on t- on TV, but I remembered them, and I just always thought the Pink Panther cartoon was cool. Um, and it just got me thinking, like, well... Why aren't there Pink Panther comics? And then I were like, "Oh, American Mythology put out Pink Panther comics forever." It's just that I skip over the American Mythology part of previews every month because it's, it's, it's American Mythology and the fonts are terrible. And I just like, you know, I'm like, ugh, I'm like, this is, you know, I just assumed it's trash, right? Like I assumed it's just like licensed trash, you know." Um, and I pro- much, much, much like you owe Burnham an apology. I probably owe American Mythology apology yeah. because yeah. I. I have, this is the fir- as far as I remember, this is the first and only American mythology comic I've ever read. And so maybe I've been giving them short reshrift because this was a lot of fun. Um, this was published in 19, uh, this was published in 2017, so six years ago, by American mythology. And they super pink. One. Um, You're breaking up. It, it, I'm breaking up?
2: Yeah. You on the right Wi Fi? Yeah. All right. Weird. You think with that fiber, you wouldn't be breaking up?
0: But. I was going to say, yeah, I didn't think that would be a part, an issue anymore. Maybe the fiber is wonky right right now. I don't know. Uh, it looks like it is. Yeah, look, maybe it's my my router. I'm looking. at. I got two bars instead of five. My router might be down. Oh. Am I breaking up entirely? Or can you hear me? No,
2: you're. It's it's occasionally, and okay. usually at the at the the either uh, proximity of whatever
0: you say. Okay. Well, I um. It looks like the bars are back to normal, so Woo-hoo. um so yeah this is the Pink Panther super Pink special um much like the creep show issue it is an anthology of sorts. There are three stories in this book um, there is a story by uh, a writer who I have never heard of named s a check with art by Jorge Pacheco. There is a story drawn uh written and drawn by John Gallagher. Um, And then the last story is written and drawn by Warren Tufts, but it is a reprint from Gold Key. Yeah, Tufts was all up in the Gold Key. Yeah, back in 1978. uh, Yep,
2: he he did Korak, um, Son of Tarzan. Uh, But what David knows, this answer, I'm sure, what is Warren Tufts' claim to fame? I talk about it every time I talk about comics review. Casey Ruggles. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You're thrilled. Yeah. 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 (laughs)
0: Um, So, the first story, The Pink Crusader, um, I don't know about you guys, but I was so happily and shockingly smitten with Jorge Pacheco's work. Yep. I, you know, again, I didn't know going into this what this was going to look like. I wouldn't have been at all surprised if the stories and in particular the art were were wackety whack and uh man oh man i mean pacheco is straight out of ec med magazine lineage i mean it, it, this is obviously very much in the vein of, of 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 sergio and i'm not saying he's as good as sergio but but this this gave me the sergio vibe and i wouldn't the 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 how fully colored it is and the shading and the rendering, I, I would if you know, I wouldn't have been at all surprised if I had been reading this in Mad magazine. Um so I just was completely won over by the first two pages of the book. When I saw the art, I'm like, oh man. <clears throat> um and and the and the preferences the preference for the first story is pretty simple. Again, none of these stories are you know breaking you know, or going in depth here. This is an Alan Alan Moore sort of or Grant Morrison. Um Pink Panther is uh coming out of the theater he just saw a, a movie about being a hero and um and and essentially the first story is a wonderful series of Aragones-esque pratt fall super detailed drawings where uh the pink panther is foiling uh uh some robbers some ne'er do wells uh at every turn with um but essentially he's doing it at virtually he's got goggles on and he is Thinking he is a superhero within this virtual world, um, but he doesn't realize that he is in fact in real life at the same time thwarting these ne'er do wells. So it's like kind of like a Home Alone kind of vibe, which you would think would turn me off because Home Alone is a sh- shitty movie. But uh, <sighs> but no, but like um, but but it's 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 just this this accidental heroism, um, which yeah. is cool because in a way it felt meta in the sense that. Um, you know, Clouseau is is the classic accidental hero, right? Like, he's this bumbling, but he manages to solve in the, in the Peter Sellers films. And so this was almost like flipping the script where the Pink Panther is, is this bumbling false hero, but he manages to save the day, even though he doesn't even realize what he's doing until... The end of the story when he takes the goggles off and he's like, "Oh, where the you know doesn't even realize where he is." And the the cops are congratulating him and the people are like, "Oh, you're such a hero." Um, I just was completely smitten with every part of the suspicious, but especially the art. I just was like, "Man, I, I don't know what else Jorge Pacheco has done. I don't know if he's any of the other Pacheco comic artists and, who who have graced our, our our eyeballs over the years." But um, but I really dug it a lot. Yeah, I totally agree. What did you with guys you. think of the first story? i'm 100 percent with you
2: uh and again i think we're all on the same page which is really weird this episode because you said sergio that's the vibe i definitely got from it um sergio by way of more a couple of the more contemporary mad artists uh the 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 density of the yeah. the the panels and just the the complexity of of the work in general uh, it look. It looks like a, a Pacheco looks to me like a more uh, detailed, more refined Sergio, and I, I just thought it was great. And I was like, "Holy crap!" Now, do I have to start looking through the back issue bins for American
0: Mythology paperback <laughs> know, I know, I know. What do you think of it, Deb?
1: The art's fantastic. I was not a fan of the. Computer-generated um, lettering, or the um, or the signs throughout, uh, like the the construction site. Yeah, the signs. On a, yeah, I the the Sellers and Martin cross section was neat on the street signs, but um, but the 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 computer-aided stuff um, made it a little cold. But but the art was fantastic. I mean, it, it, if, if this was a silent story where you know you could just read along without any of the extra um extras then i I would be it 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 would be near flawless but the 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 little signs here and there especially when they're at a different angle and they're just trying to just it. i get it they're that's not what you're not supposed to focus on that just look at the story don't worry about those little things but they did they, they, they were because they were so glaringly obvious. They were just, they're more annoying to me than anything else. But it didn't detract from the story that was being told, which I got a kick out of. And and like we've said, Pacheco's art is is uh, is definitely a high point.
0: Nice. Um, and then the second story is called uh, Pink, Pink in a way. Basically, it is um, again humor is subjective, so maybe people might read this and think it's corny, but. Uh, pink Panther is basically a janitor in a lab and he uh, goes down and he sees this mad scientist working on this super glove and the scientist's name is <laughs> Nils the Tyson Grassfed fed. I just <laughs> cracked up and so stupid yep. so stupid it's the best right? it's the best but it's obviously a play on Neil deGrasse Tyson oh, and I just shit. thought okay you got me you got me <laughs> like, he's working on this pink super glove this gauntlet and um and, and and such as it is, uh, Grassfed is is going to don the gauntlet to save the town from a, a giant clusso looking robot. And uh, just as he's about to go out and save the day, Pink Panther decides to take a, a snack break from his janitorial duties and eats a banana, of course, and throws a banana peel on the ground. And and uh, and Grassfed slips and falls, and and now he's he's got a concussion, me brain m so hurted. And uh, <laughs> that fails so, uh, great. Yeah, so 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 kid. pink panther has to don the gauntlet and save the day and and then the rest of the story is, is essentially a play on a wizard's duel where um the gauntlet that he wields the, the conceit is that it gives him superpowers but the superpowers change very rapidly and so you have to adapt and um yeah so he fights this this villain and uh similarly the villain can change as well and and they 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 do battle in a wizard style, uh, wizard gauntlet style. So there's like fire versus ice and water versus stone. And then again, your mileage may vary, but I laughed when it was Hamilton versus burn. Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So like, again, it's silly and you know, it's, it's not breaking any new ground, but I thought no. it was fun. And of course, Pink Panther saves the day. Um, and then is the, the gold key, the gold key reprint. Yep. Um, And this was very evocative, as you would expect it to be, because it came out at the same time of the cartoon that I remember so fondly. Uh, In this one, Pink Panther is a reporter, a city reporter, investigative reporter, and he is, um, he comes across a superhero named Magnificent Man, and he, um, through no, with no intent, Continues to press Magnificent Man for, you know, question him because he's a reporter and he keeps distracting Magnificent Man. And as it turns out, Magnificent Man's powers are uh, largely uh, reliant on his being able to fully concentrate. And when he loses concentration, he loses his powers. So you see a bunch of silly pratfalls like he he's got super strength, but. All of a sudden, Pink Panther makes him lose his focus uh, right as a car is about to hit him, and he gets hit. Uh, he's flying in the air, and Pink Panther asks him something, and he loses his focus, and he comes crashing back to the earth. And um, you know, it's again, it's it's silly stuff, and the art here looks exactly like, again, I'm sure by design, the cartoon from back in the '70s. And uh, I thought it was neat to to, and it makes me wanna. Go back and see if I can track down some of those gold keys. I, I I would I would like to read some of those. That would be fun. Nice, nice. Um so, I, yeah, I think so it's I, a
2: breach of contract though. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm down with the talking Pink Panther.
1: Especially after two stories where it wasn't. Because even in the cartoons or especially in the beginning of the of, of the movies, like he was. It was it was silent. Yeah. He didn't speak. Yeah, it is
0: interesting that the old school Right old key he's speaking right but then in the new school stuff he's more like the yeah that is yeah
2: i just think it was laziness on the on the part of tufts and company where they they just like fuck it what are we going to do we have to tell a story if right, we have the story right right if we have the Panthers silent through the whole thing and that's, it, 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 yeah, it, that's it's fair. ironic because these came out roughly almost concurrently with the cartoon so it's like i would think yep. that anybody who watched the cartoon would be like the fuck he's talking in this book like I don't, I don't get it. Why is he speaking? Yeah, I mean it's cute. Yeah, I love yeah. the font. I think the font is amazing.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. yeah,
2: I love the font. I love. I, I mean, and the story doesn't really bother me. I'm not a traditionalist, but it's just odd to see the Pink Panther talking. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's a little mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, I agree with you there. But and the stinger at the end is we get a, a little peek into the Underdog comic, which looks good too.
1: Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm not a phantom underdog.
2: Riff Raff's in this.
1: Yes, he is.
2: That's my Sicilian cartoon contemporary. R- Riff Raff has to be Sicilian.
0: There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Get a bonus right. underdog.
2: Yeah. Now, I, I think this issue was great and, and a total surprise because I have bought a lot of American mythology comics over the years. More often than not, the Burroughs ones are usually good-ish. But you're right. American Mythology puts out, by and large, a good amount of poop. And Mm. I thought, hmm, what are the chances? But the chances were great because this week's issue was really fun. And I'm, I'm glad you picked it. I'm glad you both picked what you picked
0: yeah single issue shuffle for it was the, fun for the win
2: so there you go single issue shuffle we'll be doing it again uh hopefully you know maybe in a month or two or whatever whenever we need to do a bonus episode i think this is tailor-made for that because it's fun I agree. it's fast and it's it's not going to fill you up absolutely uh, yes so uh please give it all up for our patrons they are the ones who make this possible each and every week. They brought this bonus episode to you. So, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics in your travels. Listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to run, 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 run. uh, Take a drag or two. Get yourself to a comic shop tomorrow, which would be today when you're hearing this and by the first issue of local man by our boy tim seeley and uh tony fleece our boys um it is so much fun well i don't know fun <laughs> is is the right word it's um not. it's an oh you did you finish it i did
0: oh Me too, awesome excellent just very important caveat uh you're you are uh you're you're putting the cart before the horse. The comic doesn't come out until February twenty second.
2: Are you kidding me? I thought it came yeah. out tomorrow.
0: No. No. T- yesterday. Uh, today is final. Today was final order cutoff. Oh, yeah. that's
2: what it was. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: so it actually. I mean, we uh, as as the people are as the peoples can hear. We and I, this is no secret. We get provided comps from Image. Uh, we have already received and read the uh, the first issue. But it does not hit the stands for the peoples uh, for another three weeks.
2: All right. So do yourself a favor. Pencil in February 2-2 on your calendar as Local Man Day because you better buy this book. I can't say anything. It's, there's an, you can't talk about a book that's three weeks out of down the pike. Um, I had a text, Tony, today after I read it. And I said, mm, you know I was going to say this, but you know, you've done me proud. You've done us all proud. Because yep. this
0: issue is really, really good. I, I'm such a fucking idiot. I'm reading it and I'm like, man, fucking Sealy's getting away with fucking highway robbery here. I'm like, Tony, the whole goddamn issue.
2: <laughs> no, Sealy comes in at the end.
0: No, I know. I didn't realize it was a flip. Yeah. The Sealy part. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I it's, thought it was really good. I. I i i i didn't i mean we we've heard a lot about this from tony you know so i mean i knew what it was but i <clears throat> yeah i i it it, it was weird and that it had a gravitas that um <laughs> that you know i I'm, I'm, I don't normally
1: associate with tony which is great so
2: yeah and there's a puppy in it
1: there is a puppy that dan pepper
2: yeah
1: invincible dog no it, it's it's a fantastic first issue um can't wait to see where it goes it's i i like that uh that it's playing with the original image lineup conceit. And and, and we're so many decades removed from that, that uh, those of us that were there at the beginning can maybe chuckle about it. it some of the newer readers might um, miss some of the context, but especially seeing, you know, third gen in action at the end of the issue was insane. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about Jack. I was, Early on, I was a little concerned because I was like, "I don't want to read another book about Eric O'Grady." And thankfully, uh, that 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 doesn't seem to be the case. I got to find out why um, why he's no longer a member of this team and everything else going on. So I'm 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 I want I'm interested in the backstory. I want to know how we got here. So I'm definitely along for the ride, but. What was that grown for?
2: I think you're being optimistic. I think the kid could be a scumbag. Oh, I have yes. I'm. I'm. That is. I would do the same thing though. If oh, I got, Jesus. if I have that wagon in my face, well, we're not going to spoil it. I get, no, no, no. I no, would probably no, I, do the same I, thing. Yes.
1: No, you' I'm, I'm not. I'm not. It's not just that. It's not just. Oh, here's Ant Man looking at Miss Marvel from the, the the from the shower. It. It. I'm not. That's. I don't anybody stepping out or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not so concerned about that. I just, I don't, I don't necessarily want to spend money reading a book about assholes when I'm, you know, they're assholes in real life. That I just, it's just one of those things. But it's, it, if the story keeps me coming back, then, uh, then, then it's all, then who the hell cares what I have to say. But this is, um, this is a phenomenal first issue and, and, uh, props to Tony and, and Tim for uh, for bringing it to us but yeah it it's it's absolutely it, it is not i mean i look around at some of the things that i've 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 read and have from tony and i'm like wait this is are you, i i'm like I, i'm i'm keeping i have to keep going back to see wait who's doing who's doing the farmington art and who's doing the third gen art because i'm like damn tony all right
2: no i wanted to be a jerk and say you drew this did you <laughs>
0: You have an assistant I don't on. see Trish's. I don't see Trish. Well, it is anybody, a different right? style, right? I mean, it is. It think, absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I um, I think it's cool because I think the world's going to see a diversity to Tony that they maybe didn't know was there, which is really neat. Right. For sure.
2: Right. Loved it. Loved it. But um, we'll talk after. I have okay. I have uh questions. Okay. That's like Tony likes to say. So uh, yeah. <laughs> In, in February 22nd, get yourself to a comic shop. I don't care what you got to do to get there. Get there and buy a copy of Local Man, number one. Seely yeah. and Fleece. Yes.
1: Uh, in your travels, um, I'm not going to go deep into this. It's only been two issues, so I'm curious to see where it's going. But um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, the Illyrian Enigma, takes place immediately. Well, close to immediately um, at the end of the first season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, where um, there was a pretty big cliffhanger um, with a member of the crew that uh, that um, Illyrians are basically Starfleet has a a strict rule. Uh, They do not allow. Genetically modified beings in Starfleet. It's such a weird thing to me. It really is, it right? Really, like, really, really they have
0: is. all measure of alien. They have, you know, I mean, they have Data, which is art, like artificial, like you know, it's it's, <laughs>
1: it's weird, but yeah. But it, it's it, so we have there's and 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 it's because of Khan. It's it's because of 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 the of of the uprising of the um, from the eugenics war and mm-hmm. starfleet is like listen it's it's like we've been down this road the world our, our planet has been down this road we don't want to um open ourselves up to that threat in the future so we're just going to not have those people in in uh in our ranks and uh it turns out actually that a member of the crew is illyrian and um and everybody on the enterprise is absolutely fine with it because they know who this person is at their core, um, so there is no threat. But because uh, rules and regulations and Starfleet was not aware when this person uh, joined, and now they do know, um, they've been uh, they've been arrested and and uh, and are being held in prison uh to face charges and um and captain pike and his crew um kind of sort of can't sit idly by but um they're now sent on this mission which is basically like a milk run they're 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 just they're they're bringing like cargo and waste from like one planet to another and it's like it's busy work it's just it's to keep pike and everybody away from um the idea of of going to mount the rescue. And, um, and things really don't go that smooth. And, um, and, and the first issue kind of sets the stage for everything. The second issue, um, ends with a, a really kind of a holy crap moment. But, uh, there's a, um, the other Aurelians are contacted, um, and we're going to um, find out I can't wait for the third issue to see exactly uh, what these people have have been have have planned have in store for Spock um, but the 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 series is written by Kirsten Bayer and Mike Johnson and uh, art by Megan Levins with colors by Charlie Kirchhoff and it's um I I like it. It's uh, the likenesses aren't um, so obvious where you're taken out of the story and you, you feel like, you know, you're, you're reading for many. It's um, there. It's it. You know who all the characters are supposed to be. So so it really works. The colors are on, on the bright side, which is is fine because the show is particularly um, well lit and um based on the one season we've had of, of this cast, uh, and this crew, I mean, we've seen this version of Pike in the second season of Star Trek Discovery, uh, as well as Spock and number one, but, um, you know, seeing the rest of the crew and I, 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 am a huge fan of, of the strange new worlds cast, whether it's her, whether it's, whether it's, um, Ortegas, whether it's chapel, it, they're all fantastic. And, um, knowing that this is very similar in the way that, that DC used to do you know, their Star Trek comic or, or even Marvel with Star Wars, where they had to kind of like do something to fill the void between seasons or movies where they didn't know where the story might be going. And, um, and this taking place right after the first season. And I have no idea when we're getting the second season. And I, I, you know, I, I don't expect anything from this this story to play into those episodes but um i am curious to see when this series ends when this story ends that uh where everything is left where it's it makes absolute sense to go from the last issue of this story to the first episode of, of the second season without without missing a beat that's that's the test but so far out of these two issues i like what i'm seeing i'm curious to see where the story is going and um and yeah so in your travels Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, The Illyrian Enigma from IDW. Nice. Love that show, dude. It's so good. So
0: good. Um, in your travels, since it's a bonus app, I'm going to give people three things. <laughs> yes, because why not? Um, first, the conventional in your travels, a comic. Uh, and that is all praise be to recent guest and, uh, and, and now perennial Vince favorite, uh, Tana Ford. She uh, spoke on this issue. This book, uh, while she was on the show, she recommended it to us. None of us had read it at the time, and that was *Squire* um, by uh, Nadia Shamas and Sarah Al Faghi. Um, upon her recommendation, I placed an order for it and read it this week. And just to the surprise of no one, uh, she has impeccable taste. This was a wonderful book. It is a, uh, as she mentioned, it's a YA book couple hundred pages um, and it's it's essentially an alternate history book. Um, the setting is evocative of the Middle East or maybe like northern Africa but um, but it is I think pretty much a completely made up thing. I mean it's it's, it's basically a time where there are uh, there is a uh, an empire that rules over this area called the Beit Saji Empire and uh, they have as empires are want to do, Gotten to where they are by consolidating and conquering neighboring lands, uh, and we're introduced to the protagonist of the story. Her name is Aiza. She is a teenage uh, woman, a uh, young woman, and she is a uh, part of a, a conquered group of people called the Ornu. And uh, they're they're lower class citizens. They're frowned upon. They're uh, they have a tough time. They live essentially in poverty. They're not full citizens of the empire, and uh, life is tough, you know. But she's she's she's. Spunky, and she's got loving parents, and like she, she, they do their best to live a good life, but, but, um, but it's, it's not ideal, and she wants more. So she heeds the call for, um, for squires. They need squires to, uh, to be trained up. And if you, uh, if you're fortunate enough to become a squire, you can then partly that into becoming a knight and then you and your family get full citizenship and all kinds of rights. You can own property, you know, the whole thing. It's, it's life changing basically for her and her family. And so uh, much to her family's chagrin, she, she goes into this training program to become a squire and, um, and hides her identity. She hides that she's an Ornu um, as you, as you would think would be logical. And from there, we, we go through her journey in this, this training and, and she meets other potential squires and, uh, and it and it goes into you know some pretty interesting areas about class structure and warfare and uh, and, and the, the the ability for power to corrupt and um, but it's just at its core and I can see why why Tana loves it so much. It's got a ton of heart. Uh, you really do come to love Isa and her friends and and their journey and you're rooting for them in a big way. And uh, I think that um, that uh, Sarah Gee's art is. Uh, is 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 beautiful uh and, and and very emotive and so um big fan and i i I tip my cap to the recommendation uh, and then quickly the other two um I love what well, we all love we all love comics process, and one of the things that we often don't know a lot about or or discuss quite often is uh lettering although it 's interesting that tonight during the single issue shuffle we brought up the lettering um and its detriment a couple of times. And what better conceptual continuity than, um, than, uh, than friend of the show. Uh, you know, Mr. David Harper with off panel. He, this week, his guest was Clayton Coles, the, uh, the letterer who had letters just about every comic on the planet. And I thought it was a great conversation because I had never heard an interview by a, well-known and prolific letterer before. And um, he too was a graduate of the Kubert School, and he talks about about, uh, that and and just the process of lettering and how it's evolved from, he was, he's old enough to have gotten started when he was hand lettering stuff, and obviously now it's digital, and I just thought it was great. It was great to hear about lettering and, and, and how much time it takes to letter a book and the challenges of being on a book for a long time and how it gets boring versus the challenges of, you know, getting lots of different books in all at once and having to figure out different, 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 you know, tricks to it. I just thought it was really great. And something like helped fill in a blank for me that, um, that I had about, about the very process of making comics and Vince, you'll appreciate this. He likened himself to Nick Mason of Pink Floyd. And he said, you know, Nick Mason, obviously integral part, Pink Floyd, uh, you know, couldn't be, couldn't have had Pink Floyd at the start without him, but like nobody, 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 Bought Pink Floyd albums because of Nick Mason. Like it wasn't like you know he, he was he was a facilitator of the greatness, not a uh, not someone that sold the sold you know that sold the concert tickets. Um, so, and I thought that was an interesting sort of self aware uh, analogy. And then the last and probably one that needs the least touting from us, but I got to give it some love because it's blown me away. If you're looking for something to watch, you got to watch The Last of Us if you're not watching it because it's freaking amazing. And it really is third ish the third episode which just came out with Nick Offerman as a guest, uh, guest, uh, guest actor it was gobsmackingly beautiful. And, uh, man, oh man, I, uh, I, I mean, I, they, I don't know if they could sustain this level. Um, you know, I mean, but the first three episodes are just about as captivating of tv as i could have asked
1: for so that's what you would have wanted from walking dead the
0: yeah oh um, and, and boy and Dap's, Daps, Daps boo and a tour of uh is, is in this is on the show Is on the show. yes
1: and and it's one of those things where it's so so that third episode definitely displaced something from my all-time top 10 favorite episodes oh ever. wow there you go and 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 maybe a top five i have to do some there you thinking go. but it is it is an absolute it's it's a wonderful episode
0: it really is. It really
2: is. Yeah. So nice. Well, I mean, if you're a Junji Ito fan, save yourself the time and energy and stay far, far away from Maniac on Netflix because it sucks. Does it? It's horrible. Well,
0: that's depressing. Is it a? Is it a, a? Um, a documentary about him? No, it's
2: adaptations of the short stories. Oh. And the the voice acting is horrible. Yeah, it's a bummer. Mm. Yeah, I was crushed. I, I totally about as had, crushed as I could be.
0: I had it in my checkout because I thought it was a documentary about him. I thought that was going to be a lot of really interesting, but okay. Nah.
2: Watch the first episode, and if you still have ears, because you'll you want to jam something nice and sharp into hmm. your ears. That's how bad the voice acting is. Yeah, it, it, it was uh, sacrilege. So there you go. Sorry for going out. Let's go out on, on a high note. Hey everybody, get yourself to a comic shop tomorrow, buy some comics, eat some yes, really sir. good food, give your loved ones a big old hug and say good night. <laughs> oh, that's almost like a uh, low rider. Yes. Uh David. Oop. Good night. Da, 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 da. Screw it up, drop the ball, fumble, lose it all.
0: David's excited about the Eagles.
2: Ah, uh, no, he's not.
0: David. Oh wait, who's he a fan of? Seahawks. Oh, get the fuck out of here!
2: <laughs> Why you gotta be so mean, dude? What's he
0: pen pals of Chris Campbell. Why is he like the Seahawks?
2: He the likes the Seahawks. Yeah. Doesn't
0: make any damn sense.
2: He's always liked the Seahawks. It was the first team that he's like, all right, I like these guys. I like their uniforms, colors. I'll go I with am. them. Like, I don't like football. or I've, I've seen very little football. But if I had to pick a team, it would be uh, the Dolphins because I like their colors. I don't know if they're a good team or not. I just like their colors. I up in my mouth a little bit, but that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> do you. Yeah. Whatever. We're out of here, elitist snobs. Yeah. We'll be back (laughs) (laughs) next time. Hope you're here with us. Tell you how much you love them.
0: Oh, a tremendous amount.
1: That's it for that one.